Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. So these are three quick steps that you can use to improve your business massively that I've learned from large consulting firms. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the three most common steps that large companies use or large venture firms use in order to improve a business straight after they buy it. And these are the three most common steps, and I would recommend that you do this with your business also. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Let's talk about the three big steps that large firms use, like large venture firms use, that after they buy a business, they want to improve the value of that organization and they want to get better results because they're probably going to on-sell it or they might keep it, but they want to make more money. So these are the three steps that they use in order to create rapid growth whether to on-sell or whether to keep, but they want to make a lot of money. Now, if you're going to do this as well, which I highly recommend if you're a business owner, the first thing you want to do is create an audit on these three key steps. So you want to do an audit first, then you want to figure out the strategy, which then you implement, and then do one step at a time. And should you do that, within the next 12 months, you have pretty big growth in your business. All right, so the first step is when a venture company or a venture firm buys a business, the first thing that they do is when they buy it, they get in there and they look at pricing. And what they're looking at is, is there a pricing match and is pricing maximized and optimized? How do you know how much a customer will pay? Now, a lot of business owners never really test pricing. And this can be a huge problem. I know we've gone through it many, many times where we just assume that people buy based on a lower price point. Now, what we found is that that's not true that there are a lot of people out there who will spend a lot larger amount of money that need less servicing. And so you need less staff in order to produce the same amount of income as what you would servicing a larger audience or a larger amount of people. So you want to test your pricing. A lot of business owners don't want to do this because they don't want to send one person out to do one job at one price point and another team member out to do another job at another price point or put out multiple Facebook ads that have different pricing, which they're split testing. If you're afraid to do this, you don't know whether your pricing is good, not good, and you may be losing a lot of money. Sometimes the right customer that you want actually wants to pay more. Now, if you walk into a store, let's say it's like a hi-fi company, and you want to go and buy a stereo, there will be the lower price point, there'll be the middle price point, and there'll be a, a high price point product. A lot of people will go in there and they'll buy the low price point product because it's cheap and they just want to hear music. Then there's sort of the middle ground, which they're the sort of people who look and they go, I don't want to pay a massive amount, but at the same time, I want a bit of quality, but I also don't want to pay the crazy price point. So they'll buy the middle price point product. Then you have the higher end. Now, the higher end are people probably like me, where I walk in there and I'm like, I just want the best shit with the best sound quality. And I want to have the best stuff because when I listen to music, I want it to sound like I'm at the fucking live concert. So I'll walk in there and not only do I make an assumption that the higher price point also means that it's better quality. I will also do a little bit of research as well and figure out what's on the marketplace that is a high price point product. But if I see something that, let's say, the stereo that I'm looking at or the speakers that I'm looking at are $5,000 
and there's a $5,000, a $3,000, and a $200 set of speakers. I will probably discredit the $200 speakers immediately just based on price because it's probably cheap shit and it will break. And so I don't want that. When I buy something, I want to have something for the next 20 years. I can't be bothered going and buying stuff a lot. Now, there are other people out there. I have family members who are more than happy to buy the $200 speakers. That's not me though. So knowing your audience is super important. And the price point, most people don't realize this, but the price point automatically helps the customers make better decisions. If you've got cheaper customers, then you'll have a cheaper product. And in the mind of people who have a lot of money, your product and service is probably gonna be shit, just based on price, okay? We know that we pay more for quality. You're gonna pay more for a Ferrari than what you are a Hyundai. Now, the Hyundai may be better quality. It may last longer without breaking down, but the Ferrari is assumed that it's better quality and it's a better car because of the higher price point. Some people disagree with this, but this is just marketing 101, psychology 101. There is a link of price point to quality. So if you don't split test this, you may be wanting to look for quality customers who pay on time, who have cash, that aren't swindling all the time, yet you're trying to price compete with a whole bunch of people in your industry and you've never price tested. So the first thing that large organizations and large venture firms do is when they buy a business, they wanna test pricing and check it because they want maximum growth and they want maximum profit. And so therefore, they wanna see where is the maximum line. Let's say you sell a $1,000 speaker, but you only sell three of them. You may have sold $3,000 speakers, so you made $3,000. That's fairly good. But let's say you're selling a lower price point product and that lower price point speaker is $10, but you sell 300 of them. You get the same outcome. It's just one there is more serviceability because you've got to sell a lot more. You've got to advertise a lot more. You've got to market a lot more. But what happens if you were to sell 100,000 speakers at $30 versus three speakers at $1,000? It might be better off if you're looking for profitability in your organization to sell a cheaper price point product, higher turnover, look at how do you optimize the running of the organization so that you can maximize how efficient and effective everything is to be able to produce that at a lower price point. You have to play around with things in order to get the maximum return. But let's say you're selling a thousand speakers. You're selling a thousand speakers at $10, so you're making 10 grand. Then what happens is let's say we're gonna sell 800 speakers at $1,000, which one's better? Are you better off selling 1,000 speakers or 800 speakers? Well, it all depends on price because you're looking for maximum profit. So you wanna be able to test this to figure out where you fit in that marketplace. Super important. So that's the first thing that they do. The first thing they do is they test pricing. Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online Dominate Zero to a Million Dollars Business Hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks, and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors, and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. The second thing that they do is they improve the customer segment and they make sure that they're in the right market with the right positioning. So if you're selling to a high-end market, you don't wanna sell that through cheap shops or you don't wanna sell it through something that looks cheap online like a cheap online store because people aren't gonna buy. If you're creating a luxury store, that luxury store, like if you've got a Louis Vuitton or something like that, you wanna have high-end luxury store where a dude with white gloves in a suit opens the door for you when you walk in. You wanna have amazing service, which you will get at a Louis Vuitton boutique store. You walk in there, they ask you whether you want a sparkling water or whatever it is, and they tend to look after you a little bit better. Do they look after you 10, 50, 100 times better? No, they just do a little bit better than the average shop. So I could walk into an average shop, and most of the time I only went to buy a couple of shirts the other day. It took me like 15 minutes to find someone because I was walking around, fucking around, putting stuff on shelves, 
there was no one behind the counter. Whereas when you walk into a Louis Vuitton, they do not have that, right? So the service is a little bit better, but they charge 10, 50, 100 times more for a little bit better quality of service. They give me a 20 cent bottle of sparkling water, or let's say it costs them 50 cent bottle of sparkling water. I feel like I'm king of the world versus when I walk into those other shops. I went into one of those shops and I went into the change rooms, which they didn't have any label on the change room. So I just walked into change rooms and then I got told to get out because it was a woman's only change room. Yet, they didn't even have women's only on there because they couldn't label whether it was man or woman because then they would be making an assumption as to who's going to use that change room. That's how fucking stupid this place was, right? So I got told to get out of the change rooms because it's a woman's only change room, but essentially there were no labels on the change rooms because they couldn't assume your gender. That's how dumb it was. I would much prefer to go and spend 10 times more at a Louis Vuitton store because I get looked after, but all they do is they give me a little sparkling water, a dude who stands at the door and opens the door, and the service is just a little bit better, yet they charge way more for their product. Is their product probably a little bit better? Yeah, maybe a little bit better, but not the amount you pay for it. But you're paying a lot more because of the service, the quality, and so on. It's those little factors that make a big difference. So you've got to test your customer segment and improve your positioning within the market. If you're always trying to price compete, you've got to be the cheapest, but then that means that you've got to have maximum efficiency, maximum productivity, you've got to have a large amount of scale, and so on. And that's how a lot of those businesses survive by having cheaper products. You have a look at a company like Louis Vuitton or even Nike or something like that. They have a perfect brand position. No one can really take that brand position off of them. They do a great job and they own that space. So that's the second thing that these large venture firms do is, first of all, they look at pricing and they maximize the profitability from the price. Then they make sure that they've got the right customer in the right segment and that they're positioning themselves correctly in that marketplace. And then the third thing that they do is they make sure that they have a perfect or a great team. So they do a full evaluation of the team from leadership to management to the people that are on the floor. They know that if they have shitty staff and shitty quality workers and shitty management and shitty leadership, no matter how good their pricing is and how good their customer segmenting is, the delivery of the product or the service is going to be crap. So therefore, they make sure that they clean that up as well. So they get in there and they look at the team. They do a whole bunch of different assessments. They might change the leadership team. They might change some of the leadership team. They might do some extra training, extra development, and they make sure that the performance of the people is very good. If you get those three things right, the business becomes a lot more profitable and a lot more effective, a lot more efficient, and you watch the business grow. So I wanted to share this because these are things that a lot of small business owners don't know that these large firms do in order to increase their profitability, but also their growth relatively quickly when they buy a business. So it's probably a good time to go and do an audit within your business and double check the pricing, do an audit on the customer segment and get customer feedback and try and figure out who your favorite or your ideal customers are that consistently use you, that are raving fans, that love what you do, and then you can go in there and own that segment so that other people can't compete with you because you've got the right branding, you've got the right marketing, and you're talking to the right person with the right problem, and you've got the right solution. And then finally, you've got the evaluation of the team, which essentially is the delivery of the product or the service. You wanna make sure that everything is flowing a lot more effectively, that it's streamlined, that you've got the right people in the right positions who can deliver the right results, and then from there, your business will grow. I hope that helps River Mofos. If you're loving this episode, please remember to share it. My goal is to get this stuff out to millions of people around the world. I really want to help millions of people to perform better in life and business because I think life is way too short and I think way too many people are stuck drowning in their own lives, both personally and professionally. And I really just want to help people live a kick-ass life. So if you haven't already done so with these podcasts, please hop on your social media, share this episode, share other episodes and let other people know about it. It'll be awesome to be able to help more people crush it in life and have a lot of fun. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Take care. And I look forward to seeing you back here once again on another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.